Hey. Guys, welcome to Sky Squids. I know you guys have been waiting. We are all in the house today for season two. Let me turn my mic down a little bit. Sorry, y'all. <laughs> I am your host, Ambrose Ayala. This is my... Well, there you go. What's good? <laughs> oh, I got my own right here. Right Back in the building. We here. We here. And we also got therapist Amy here. Uh. And we are going to start the show off. We are starting with mental health, guys. And I think it's important that we talk about this. Let me get everything situated for us. Sorry, we had a little bit of issues, but we're up and running. And we're going to get the show started. How do I start my timer? <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is the first time we've gone live. And uh, yeah, I so mean, bear this with being us. the very, very first uh, episode of season two, you know, yeah, bear, bear with us. We're getting the kinks out a little bit. Yeah. We just press space bar. Bam, we're ready. All right. There it is. There it is. Hour and a half. So again, guys, we if you're just now joining us, we are live with therapist Amy and you guys can talk to us in the chat. We will try to get to everyone's question, but we do want to talk about our topics today on the show. Um, oh, all right. Oh, that was fun. We... The best place to listen to us. If you guys are on Instagram right now, you need to go to Facebook, Twitter, uh, YouTube, all at Sky Squids. Um, you can also go to Marlon's uh, YouTube page. Uh, Black, Black Zeus, Zeus Fit. Fit. Yep. And join the stream there. It's a better quality, so you might as well go over there. All right. Yeah, it's a better quality. (laughs) Yeah, I mean. Shout out to uh, Amy Barker. Uh, She sent us a shout out. She sent a shout out to to Amy. She's one of my OGs. I saw uh, Tyranny Daniel as well. She was our winner of the Sky Squids giveaway. She got that giveaway for that swag bag. She got our giveaway. And the homie Norris Tony. I get, I don't know what YouTube he came from, but uh, he 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 chimed in from the uh, no YouTube channel. Part of my Black Zeus fit one because I haven't been on there in a while. All right, so let's get this party started. So we are going to talk about a couple of heavy topics. So we just want to put out a trigger warning to anyone uh, that is dealing with mental health issues of any kind. Today we are talking about uh, eating disorders. We're also going to be talking about men's mental health. So if you need to skip this live, then definitely do that. We don't want to trigger anyone, but uh, just to let you know, you know, triggering, this is maybe the right place to get right. the information you need. So, you know. Absolutely. So part of it is when, you know, when you talk about this, I was actually talking to a friend and by talking about what we were talking about, I triggered her. So... I told her, please don't watch us live. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Because Straight if, from therapist, right, Amy. Because if she's, not, if she's not currently in therapy, I don't know if she is or not, if she's not currently in therapy, I don't want to trigger her and her not have that support behind her. So, no, 100%, 100%. Yeah. yeah. So, All right. Just a, little- just a little disclaimer, guys. So uh, if you heard that, and we're going to give you a couple of minutes to get out, maybe a minute or two. Um but what have we but what have we been up to, right? Oh my this God. whole time, <laughs> we've only been gone for one month, but uh, lots happened. A lot has happened. And uh, starting with the trip that we took to New York, uh, we actually went to New York to gather some conspiracy material, and uh, we got a lot of good shots, a lot of uh, 
interesting topics for this season. Uh, we're going to put out a trailer coming up next week for our New York trip and let you guys see a little bit of what we saw. Yeah. Um, Amy, what have you been doing? Working. <laughs> <laughs> right. You know, mental health doesn't stop for a vacation. Right. I mean, I'm not getting a vacation until the first week of July, and I know <laughs> when I get back. Oh, man. It's going to be a hot mess. Oh, my gosh. But I love it. I love it. What has Marlon been up to? Uh... I mean, the New York trip was super dope. I didn't realize how massive the uh, World Trade Center like situation oh, yeah, was. Yeah, that yeah, yeah. that was like mind blowing to see that. Um, but uh, other than that, man, just you know, BBG um, um, <laughs> official BBG dot com. Make sure you get you some gear. I'm just surprised that like you know, I started a new job. You know, thanks to good old Andre. Uh, so I just be kind of really like diving into that, just trying to really like um, um, take advantage of like an amazing opportunity that I never thought that I would have. But um, so I just want to make sure I, I take full advantage of that because um, Andre, he basically now Marlon has put his head, uh, out, head out for me. So I want to make sure I make him look good. Absolutely. And now you got twenty irons in the fire. I know. Right? I know, right? Like, look, I ain't gonna lie. I put a lot of stuff on the back burner because I was like, look, y'all, y'all gonna have to just wait till I get situated over here, then I get back to you. But just yeah, you know, just getting into the tech world um, and um, um, really just keeping BBG going. Um, and now Sky Squids is on the on the board again. So um, you know. My calendar's full, <laughs> to say the least. Calendar right. is full, but I'm I'm excited. I just feel like, uh, what did they say? Idle hands are the the devil's, devil's playground, playground or something like that. So, <laughs> you know, devil get off me. So, from a therapist perspective, when you have so many projects going, mm-hmm. sometimes it's a way to avoid things we don't want to deal with. I'm just uh oh. <laughs> I mean, no. I mean, that is. Yeah, no, 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 hundred percent, hundred percent. I do see that. I, I did used to be that type of person, um, but I mean, that was back in the day. Like, I had a lot of stuff going on. Like, I was broke as hell. I was getting evicted out of a lot of different, like, you know, living situations. I was in bad relationships. So, like, it was like I was using work as a way to try to like validate what I didn't have because it's like even though I don't have a lot or I don't, you know, I'm not succeeding at anything. I'm working harder than everybody, so it's just like you got to give me credit for that. But right. now. I think going through that has helped me realize how much I can do if I put my okay. mind to it. And like, so now I'm in that position where it's like, I wouldn't say it's like, I get, I almost get like, I get anxiety if I, if I'm not like progressing. No, no, not even necessarily not doing anything, but like not progressing. I'm one of those people that like, if I'm in the same exact position, whether it's, Goal-wise, career-wise, financially, if I'm in the same position uh, today as I was last year, I feel like I'm not maximizing my potential. That makes sense. You know what I'm saying? So I'm one of those people where I try to take an objective look of like, okay, are you really taking these talents? Are you really taking these opportunities that are coming your way? And are you maximizing your life? Right. So, um now on this other side of just really knowing who I am, knowing what I want in life, I think going through that rough period of having to have so much going on at mm-hmm. one time, now I can focus it. Now I can put it into something. Right. Now it's like it's go time to make some stuff happen. Okay. So I'm just 
throwing it out there. No, no, no. Sure, because, you know, we kind of want to make sure that, you know, we all don't do it. I mean, I've been, this is the first job, well, not this job, but my, my therapist job is the first job I've had that I've only had one job. Usually I have a 40-hour week therapy job, and then I do part-time somewhere else for 10 to 20 hours a week. So it's a lot of therapy every week. So I get burnt out, so then I back off hours, and but I'm always doing something. So this is the first time. So it's like when you have that spare time, what do you do? It's like, uh. Yeah. So I'm trying to find different like activities and stuff to do. Mm-hmm. And it segues right into what we're talking about today because... I've been eating a lot. <laughs> uh, I don't want to say that, but I, I've been eating a lot too. I ain't going to lie. I've been eating a lot. I think lot. we've all been eating a lot since the pandemic happened. And then we kind of just, uh, I mean, everybody <laughs> loves food, right? But we've maybe rehashed our love for food even more because everybody's posting their recipes right. of what they're making in quarantine. And Look. right now the, the Jennifer Aniston salad is trending everywhere. Oh <laughs> Wait, what? Yeah, apparently there's a salad that Jennifer Aniston ate on set of Friends every single day for all the seasons that she was on there. And now they've replicated it. And the salad actually looks really good. I'm going to make it. (laughs) (laughs) You already got a box in the kitchen right now. (laughs) No, it's all vegetables, though. Well, it's chickpeas, quinoa, cucumbers, uh, red onion, feta cheese, um, olive oil, salt, pepper. That girl looks the same as she did back quinoa. then. Quinoa. Did I say quinoa? It sounds quinoa. good. Hey, quinoa yeah. be hitting. I don't care. Nobody's Yeah. Saying. That stuff is bomb. So, yeah, I'm going to try it. I'll let you guys know. All right. <laughs> <laughs> but I am proud of all those people that actually took COVID, sorry, pandemic and went like the other way and started working out a lot, started walking more, started getting healthy, started mm-hmm. using, utilizing whatever's in their house to be able to work out and get their health in, sh- in check versus this chicky poo who is like, mmm, food, okay. Cake. Yeah, yeah, fat kid loves cake. Wine. Like, yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, but it happens. And then it's like, so what do you do with that? Like that goes into, you know, there's a new, um, I can't remember the name of the medication, but it's a type 2 diabetes drug that they're, that they're, testing out on obesity and they're saying you end up losing a 30 year weight on it Mm, really doing more studies there was something in the news about it and then i keep seeing uh when i was doing research i kept seeing like something about it but i just didn't think about it until like honestly right now that you know that could be really something to help out a lot of people because you have gastric bypass you have the balloons oh i hate those You know, you have all kinds of different means and then you have all kinds of different. I mean, we're a society that, you know, you have to be thin. You know, wait, 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 wait. Kim Kardashian. Kim Kardashian gave us. She gave a gateway. She gave a little bit of a gateway. Okay, you can. She have put a big thickness. Old booty. She put thickness on the map. <laughs> I mean, we got to give credit but to if credit. Do you've ever seen her? Like, if you've seen her on, like, in the, she's tiny. Yeah, now nah, she be they be photoshopping her waist like crazy. Right. Yeah. And so yeah. she's so tiny. So you think about it with the amount, the rate of obesity that we have, and I know Ambrose has the stats on that. Oh yeah. We'll go over that, too. And, you know, the the rate of obesity. Then you have uh, Photoshop that anybody can Photoshop a six-pack. Oh, that face app. Yeah. All those different things that you can do. Or Facetune, sorry. Uh, Yeah. Whatever. You think about that. 
we're literally teaching people that looking like you do. I wonder if this generation is so far gone from reality. And, and, and this is the only reason I said that, right? So, like, I'm a 80s baby, right? Right. So, I grew up where... I grew up through that 90s R&B era where, you know, the hot women of, of 90s era were, like, natural women. They were, like, right. girls that you saw next door in your right. neighborhood, right? The, whether it was video vixens, whether it was uh, runway models, even because remember Tyra Banks' uh, right. show, mm-hmm. right? So America's Next Top Model. America's Next Top Model, right? The, you know what I'm saying? Victoria, even the Victoria's Secrets uh, fashion show fashion every year. Show that they every have. year. Mm-hmm. You had these females that, yes, they were gorgeous. They were eights, they were nines, right. they were tens, but it was like you look like a born human, right? So I wonder if if this new era of enhancement, not just under the knife, but on right. artificial intelligence and all that stuff is feeding into this obesity thing because it's like, I feel like a big part of obesity is that low self-esteem, is that um, um, depression. It's Mm -hmm. these feelings of inadequacy. So it's just like, why try to be like that? Because that's impossible. And it's It's just like, it is unattainable, unattainable. but it's not because it's real. Right. I wish they could could tap into that. I wish some of these people could tap into that. Like, it, it's not attainable, well, and that's, that's okay because it's. That's why Texas banned fil- the filters that they banned. Did they? Yeah. What? So if you noticed on Instagram, some of the filters are gone. If you live in no, Texas, guys. Uh, I didn't yeah, know you guys didn't know that. I didn't, I didn't know, know that. Know. Well, yeah, I don't really be using filters outside of the main ones that just change the color I, or whatever. You know what? I I don't started. use filters either. I, I look like this in person, I, y'all. Yeah. Right. <laughs> if you look, look, I'll put this. If you took my Instagram and did this, you'd be like, oh, that's him. <laughs> like, I mean, you know it ain't gonna the, be no like. Um, <laughs> Wait, they had a no. meme. They had a meme. They had a meme like that though, didn't they? I mean, but what's funny is like back in the day before we had all these filters and stuff, uh, I would you know how you would date somebody, you send them pictures mm-hmm. or whatever, and you haven't met them. I, I hadn't met them yet, and then I would meet them and they're like, You look better than your picture. And I'm like, okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> like that's a win. Now <laughs> it's the opposite. It's the opposite. It's You'll the walk opposite. right by a person and be like, you know what I'm saying? This be like, I, it's, I, it's, like it's that could be your like Instagram crush at Starbucks every day, and you walk right, right. by. I'm not knowing it's them because they just because her hair is in a mop. She has no makeup on, no filter, right. nothing. Them cheekbones don't pop <laughs> the same in real life, girl. <laughs> uh, but you know, on the on the more serious side, you know, it it is something that is affecting everyone, and I think it does stem from us being overweight or having uh, when you gain weight. You know, I look at some of the pictures from when I was younger, and I'm like, man, I was. So skinny back then, but I thought I was so big right. at the can same I time. That fat again is what and I'm, I'm like, can I get back to that weight? Because yeah. now I feel like I'm even bigger than I was. And everybody's like, oh, you're tall. That's how you're supposed to be. No, that's not what the doctor said. Oh, my God. <laughs> if they tell you BMI, you just walk out. Right. When they said my BMI, I was like, man, I got to. That so stuff is so off. To- I'm obese based on BMI. Really? Well, yeah, been, because I, it's not. They don't look at bone. The one they don't look at bone density, right. and they don't look at muscle mass with BMI. Right. So then it's just like I've been obese for since college football because it's like <laughs> you're five eleven, two hundred and thirty pounds. You're you're way off the charts. Yeah, but I got eight percent body fat. So right. how are you gonna say I'm obese? Like they don't, you know what I mean? So if the doctor said it based off BMI, just look yeah. at them. And well, like, but it's okay. if you look at that, so what are the obesity stats? Because okay. So yeah, let's, let's go over some of those. These come from the CDC.gov. Um, 
It actually told me one thing I learned and I, I realized, I guess I didn't learn. Obesity is a common, serious and last costly disease. And mm-hmm. a lot of people market and take advantage of it. And we'll talk about that later. But the U.S. obesity rate was 41.9 percent in 2017 all the way through March of 2020. Right. That's so half. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So from 1999 to 2000 through uh, 2017, oh, sorry, through 2017, March 2020, it has increased um, from 30.5% to 41.9%. I know this is kind of confusing, but the prevalence of severe obesity, these are the people that are on 600-pound life. That that rate increased from four point seven to nine point two. That is That's a lot. Yeah, that is not. Well, you got to think about this, okay? In society today, what do you do? You go out to eat when you want to see people. Mm-hmm. You go fast food. I remember growing up. If you went to McDonald's like once a month, that was like super treat. Like you were and that was and people, that was yeah, like, that was like the and you were rich. Field trip. You were rich. Yeah. Right? You were rich if you, you went, went to McDonald's. I remember that. Yeah. So, Don't ask for no McFlurry. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't have it back then either. <laughs> Ice cream machine was broke. <laughs> <laughs> no, they didn't sell ice cream. <laughs> I sell, oh my God. But if you think about this, the amount of food that we eat that's processed, everything in it, because I went and saw a doctor and we were talking about, like, she went through all my chemicals that are in my, like, told me, okay, this is what's going on. She's like, you think about the amount of bad cholesterol that's in food, the bad, the bad sugars. You know, you think about all the other chemicals that are man-made chemicals that weren't supposed to go in our body. GMO. All that stuff does affect Aspartame. Yes, it affects us. Think about that. So there's a reason for the obesity. But they market all these foods as healthy. But if you look at them, what's the added sugars? What's the added ingredients that makes it so that it's low-carb or low-fat? Right, they add a chemical in there. There's usually tons of salt. And there's usually, what is it, like the saccharin? No, it's something else. Uh, uh, sucralose? Yes, thank you. Is added to it. Mm-hmm. So I started looking at everything I was buying, and I'm like, no wonder why I've been gaining weight. Because that's why now, like, we used to buy uh, white rice. Mm -hmm. We used to buy, like, jasmine rice. We used to buy all these different rices because, like, you know, obviously I'm in the bodybuilding world. So, like, well, these are the best rices to get. And then I read this one guy. This one guy, he's, like, one of those. He looks at the case studies. Mm -hmm. Or he looks at – he goes through and he'll look at each ingredient in a – anything and like do the research on it and he was like the only real natural rice that you can buy right now is brown rice because when you buy it the only ingredient listed on there is brown rice he's like if it has anything else besides just brown rice right even if you buy jasmine rice all this other stuff he's like they've got like 12 different uh ingredients in there Hmm. and it's just like but if it's just natural rice the only thing that should be on there is rice and i was just thinking to myself like Right. (laughs) You think you're making a healthy decision, though, because you're like, oh, well, I'm going to get the, you know, the whole grain rice, blah, 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 blah. blah. And it's just like, no, but it's got like 13 different chemicals in it. Brown rice. That's it. Like He went through like five different rices. And I'm like, the only one on there that's just rice was this one brand of brown rice. And the only he like, look, brown rice, the only thing on there. And it's like they trick us in all these different things that like it's marketing, basically. 
because they want to sell you the cheapest product um, with the highest margin of profits, right? But still make it seem like it's healthy. And it's just like, it's so deceiving because you think you're making a good decision and you're trying to make a good decision, but they're like sabotaging us every chance they get. I got an even worse one. Uh-oh. Almond milk. So... <laughs> Yeah, no, seriously, like almond milk, I I used to buy the dang Blue Diamond. Mm -hmm. Popular. Nope, don't drink Blue Diamond. This guy went to the store, I saw the video, and I'm like, this is not true. He went to Walmart, he looked at the Blue Diamond, and he showed all the ingredients on it. And then he said he went and grabbed the Simply Almond, and he turned it around, almonds and water. That's all that's on the ingredients in there. Wow. I was like, wow. So now I buy that that simply yeah. almond, yeah. So I used to murder some blue diamond. When they took when it, it was murder in you. Came out. <laughs> <laughs> it was killing me too. It was killing my ass. Oh. But no, yeah. Um think about that. So we've got chemicals, we've got the food that we eat. Then there's genetics. Genetics kicks our butt. Genetic is the biggest part. Mm-hmm. Okay, hold on. Can we have a serious conversation yes. about this genetic thing? Because I get this a lot in the um, fitness world. You know, you get somebody come in and like, I've been working really, really hard. I just have bad genetics. Da, yeah. da, da, right? I agree with you 1%. There are certain limitations with genetics. But I think we should tread that line lightly just because I've seen a lot of people that think they have bad genetics. But I think they don't understand how their body works chemically in a sense of men, for for say, right? Right. They'll think they have bad genetics because they like they have like man boobs. Right. And that's kind of like a sign of high estrogen or low testosterone. Da, 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 and they right. just can't get rid of their man boobs. Right? right. So they'll come in and they'll try to train and they'll be like, I got bad genetics. I got bad genetics. But I've the more and more I've researched just kind of the chemistry of the body, what I find out is that a lot of people have really good genetics. They're just not in the proper health form. So mm. uh, obese people typically are going to produce a whole lot more estrogen. It's just part of, of being overweight, right? So they'll say they have bad genetics, but it's like, no, you probably actually have really good genetics, but you're just not at a weight to maximize what you have, Right. Or someone will be like, I have a really hard time losing weight. Uh, uh, but then you look at their like uh, body mass composition and it's like, well, you, you're, you're, you're 35% body fat. So it's not that you have a hard time losing weight. You don't have enough muscle mass right. to facilitate losing the weight at the right. rate that you want. Right. So I do, I agree that, that, um, Genetics plays a very, very, very big role in uh, obesity, but I do also think that a lot of people have good genetics, but they're just, one, eating the wrong foods, right, right, that are hindering the genetics that they have, and then I think, two, uh, a lot of people just need to stop being lazy and using that as an excuse. Well, but you got to think about this, too. It's also, where do you live? If you live in a city where you can just walk everywhere. California. New York. (laughs) New York. Downtown Dallas. Downtown Dallas. You know what I mean? You go to those cities and you have a place you can walk everywhere. You don't even need a car. Yeah. You know what I mean? You can walk everywhere. You go out to the country where you have to take a car to go anywhere. 
if you want to go to the grocery store, you're taking the car and it's a day trip. Right. You know what I mean? So it depends on where you live. Yes, there's things you can do out in the country that you can't do in the city as far True. as like working out, walks, stuff like that. Yeah. So it just all depends on where you are. If you're living in a impoverished town, mm-hmm. the likelihood you're going to have more fast food restaurants than, say, you know, a fresh mm-hmm. or foods or something like that. You're going to have more of those. Fast foods are cheaper. When you're poor, Crazy. what are you going to go for? The salad costs more than a cheeseburger. Right. Mm-hmm. How you, and how are you going to tell me Absolutely. a plant coming from the ground costs more than a cheeseburger? Right. So you got to put all that Trash. factor into it as well. And then <clears> your <throat> mental health. Oh, 100%. So let me give you this statistic really quick here. Um, I found that this was a little interesting, too. Um, it talks about the obesity... I guess obesity, one thing it was saying is that people that have less of an education tend to be more obese than those with college degrees. I can see that. Well, but I mean, look at what Marlon just told us. Some of that I didn't even know Mm -hmm. because I I wouldn't know unless I went to somebody that had that education. True. And then you just wouldn't. And then so you can't really make a educated decision on which one to buy because then that goes back to the rice thing. You think you're making a right. good decision, but you're. I have those tiny cups of brown rice from yeah. Uncle Ben. But, but another thing is a lot of these people think that they're um, saving money by, you know, making that mm-hmm. McDonald's choice. Right. Well, this right here just tells us on the website, the CDC.gov, that medical costs for adults who are obese were. 18 well $1,861 higher than the medical cost for people that are at a healthy weight so if you think about it this is actually costing you to be at this weight because like you said diabetes tech kicks in high blood pressure high cholesterol all those things start attacking you and it makes you go to the doctor right right so you're making these poor choices that are costing you money so that may be another way to look at it as well yeah and then you gotta figure how did you grow up did you grow up that you were allowed to have junk food? Did you grow up that you were allowed to have that? Like I know in my family, my parents baked a lot. So whenever like cookies and stuff, yeah, or like okay, like cookies. Yeah, my mom too. So yeah. if you if there was anything like if there was a funeral, if there was somebody's graduate, it didn't matter what it was. There was always baked goods. You fed your emotions. If you were happy, you ate. If you were sad, you ate. ate. If there was you know something going on in the neighborhood, you food. ate. Right. Everything was surrounded by food. And it usually is today. It is now. You know, so it's like we do everything around food. I mean, I think food is a very big part of our celebration culture in America as a whole. Think about that, though. If we are taught at a very young age, when you're happy, you eat. When you're depressed, you eat. When you're angry, you eat. If some bad thing happens to the family, you eat. So you get taught at a very early age to feed those emotions with food. Emotional, oh, 100%. Emotional eater. Right. Yeah. And you don't, you're not going to recognize that unless you're told you're emotionally eating. You're not going to usually, most people don't recognize I will that. say this. If you get happy and you start dancing and stuff when your food's warming up in the microwave, oh, then God. yeah, you're an emotional eater because you're excited to eat that food. <laughs> oh, 100%. 100%. I wonder, I wonder if you're 100%. talking about yourself. It's me too. Yeah, I do All that right. too. Hashtag me too. Um, <laughs> So I and 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 I, I okay. So I this is a very hard topic for me just because I'm in fitness. So I'm just my mind is just so trained in the sense of accountability for like everything. Um, right. Well, no. Well, I guess just it's hard to 
motivate someone to work out and go that extra mile in their fitness or whatever the case may be if, like you said, let's say that food is a comfort, right? So it's like, oh, my God, you know, um, I just killed this workout way harder than I've ever done before, right? Now you want to celebrate because you're you you you're having so an emotional connection to this workout. So what do you right. want to do? You want to eat food. Right. Um <clears throat> so I guess my flip side of that is just it's it's for me personally, it's hard because it's like I look at people that eat like trash, mm-hmm. right? But then they supplement because they go to the gym. Right. They have an active lifestyle. They they go out and they do things. I understand the mental health part of it because, like, if you're someone that's depressed, when the weekend comes, you're not getting off the couch to no. go outside because you're sad, so you don't have the motivation to do things, right. so you sit on the couch. So I see where mental health feeds into that. I can see where mental health can um, be something where you're emotionally tied to eating food with your celebrations or your ups and downs in life and all that stuff. But I... I do feel like obesity is one of those thin lines where it's like, for me, coming from the fitness perspective, mm-hmm. I just don't want to give people too many excuses right. for the fact that accountability is a big accountability one. It is, is a big a bitch. one. It it's is. a bitch. I, I have that problem because I have to have a trainer. If I do not have a trainer, I don't work out. Okay, fair. So I know that about myself. I also know that... If I, I was using my workouts as my mental health, okay. that's what I did for coping. The problem I ended up with, pandemic happens, everything shut down, I stop working out, then you get back into old patterns of mm-hmm. behavior. Mm-hmm. And I'm still, at this time, struggling to get back into my new patterns of behavior. I worked out with a trainer for like six weeks, and then I hurt my knee so then I've been out. I don't go back until I come back from vacation in July. Right. So this whole time I haven't been working out. So I've been making myself make sure I walk every day. And it hurts because of my knee, but I'm making sure I'm walking every day so that I have that, so that I can have that mentality. Because I know when I put my mind to something, I can do it. Mm-hmm. It's just a matter of getting that motivation. It's getting up, getting through the door, getting to that gym. You know, but a lot of people don't have access to be able to afford the gym. Yes, they have, you know, gym memberships for $10. But if you live in a small community that that's 30 miles away with gas prices right now, you're not going to go to the gym. And that's, I guess, for me, that's where I look at it, where my training mindset comes in. Jog around your block. Do push-ups in your driveway. If you don't have a driveway, do push-ups in your apartment. If you live in a three-story apartment, go up and down the stairs. Like, you don't have to do much. You know what I mean? I get, I guess for me, there's a separation for me between just being lazy and having mental mental health. Well, Feeding into both. your thing. Right? Yes, yes. I do think, and then some people, it is both, mm-hmm. right? But for me, it's just like there is so many options out there for you to take your own personal health right. into your hands. Absolutely. You just have to make the decision to do that. Um, that for me, certain things I don't think are out of your control. It's a personal decision. Whereas some things, yes, I can see where mental health and your circumstances does make it harder for you. But I think that in today's society with, with so much access to the internet, 
so much access to being able to self-teach yourself, so much access to um it's just being a able million to educate. resources. Yeah, you got a million you resources. You can go on so, TikTok now. Unless you're Stop, like clinically Think about that though. You have to get motivated to do that. If you're depressed, and that's uh, what I, but that's gonna be my give that was gonna be my pill. next thing though. If you are like clinically depressed, right? Like you're on drugs like Valium or Xanax and all that stuff, mm-hmm. I can understand that. Zoloft. Zoloft. If you have some type of um mental like maybe some like mental disorder, like maybe bipolarism or uh, well, manic depressive. Either, you if know, you've got, if you're clinically right. on the spectrum for that, or even you may not even be diagnosed, because I know that there's some people out right. there that go through these phases and they're not diagnosed. They're not diagnosed, right? I understand that part. I just, I, I just feel like there's a lot of people that are here that are just lazy. Yeah, I they're mean, just honestly, lazy. they're just lazy. Honestly, they're just lazy. That's what. That's what. That's I, just lazy. With me, I got lazy. I'm like, do I want to have to work in a 12 hour day? Do I want to go sit on the couch or go to the right? Bed? You know, so I it, it it's that mental part of you that's like, oh, but I just had such a long day. I deserve to. Sit. You know what I mean? Instead of saying no, I'm going to go. Hundred percent. Right. So I do get that. But then that also leads into think about this. We are an instant. Instant gratification. Exactly. Our society is all about instant gratification. 100%. If I can take a pill or I can eat a diet that is going to give me that weight loss that I'm looking for and I don't have to get off the couch and I don't have to do those things. But, But still, but still, I think that that still speaks to, um, some that part, still speaks I think to the like accountability because you still have to make the choice to get on that diet. Mm-hmm. Right. I'm saying that a lot of people will say I'm the way that I am because I'm depressed or because I'm sad or because, you know, a lot of these things. Right. And I think that there's a difference between you having something like an actual condition. Right. That is out of your control because maybe your brain chemistry or something is off. Um uh, that I can see where, yes, you're going to need a lot of extra help. And then some drugs, they just, some drugs that you take for other right. symptoms Add give you a weight. different mental perspective or make you put weight on yourself. Right. I think that that's a special circumstance. But I think when we're looking at numbers where almost 50% of our population in America is obese, I, I, I think that's a choice more so than it is. Yeah. A lot of people. Uh, and then, and then we just had somebody on here, uh, Josh say uh, he's, he used working four 10 hour shifts as an excuse because he was too tired after yeah, work, Absolutely, but uh, uh, keeping track of daily activities uh, about what you eat. Right. Um, that's a with good a way. Of- I struggle with a food journal because I'll lie in my food journal. I've done that. <laughs> but, like, but that's what I'm saying, though. But, but that's more accountable. To be right. accountable. I'm like, well, dang, she told me not to do this for a week. And I had three days where I had like a piece of chocolate. Yeah. Or something. So I was like, didn't eat chocolate. You know. So I'm mean? asking you, I guess, because you're a therapist, right? right? Where do we draw that line from basically? Because, you know, what I mean, just where do we draw that line of being of just saying like, look, it's you. It's not. All this other stuff. And then right. where's that line where it's like, okay, yes, we need to look at a lot of the circumstances in that are out of your control. Because that's my thing is, I look at circumstances that are out of your control. Right. Right? You going, gyms being too expensive for you to get to, to, to work out, I don't feel is an, excuse. is an excuse to not work out. When you go to the store um, and, you know, I, I guess... Don't buy all the cheap stuff that's terrible, right? Because my thing is a bag of rice 
will last is you less. all week, and it's a dollar. Quinoa is quinoa. Uh, 79 cents for a box of it. Right. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, right. But, but, but you see what I'm saying? So, like, I just right. feel like a lot of these choices are... I want to buy the mac and cheese that I can throw in a microwave because I know I can cook that in one minute because I don't want to actually spend. And it tastes good. And it tastes good because I don't want to schedule my life to do that extra 15 to 20 minutes to actually cook a wholesome meal. That's not for me. That's not um, um, mental disorder. But you also have to think of a a single mom that has four kids. She's trying to feed all her kids. She's going to be snacking while she's feeding her kids because she's got to feed her kids. That's a, but that's a personal kids. choice. You eat you eat after your kids eat because you have to get meat sure. And if you have, like, I can't even handle one kid. I couldn't imagine having four. So to, to be able to wrangle up your kids, be able to deal with that, you know, that is a hard thing for some people. Or, so I do agree that, like, there is some, there needs to be some accountability. I'm not, I'm not, yeah, I'm yeah, just yeah, giving yeah. you the other side of it. Yeah. Because I have a lot of clients that will tell me, Amy, I, by the time my kids go to bed, I am so spent, mentally drained that I cannot get up to go do something. I would rather just sit there and be mindless so that I don't have to hear mommy this, mommy that, mommy this. So yeah. I hear a lot of that. I have, you know, some clients, male clients that will start talking about because I have um, some that, you know, the body dysmorphia is a big issue. Yeah. You know, the bulimia is a big issue. The anorexia is a big issue. I have I have a lot of clients that have issues with that stuff. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Like, it's not just overeating. There's undereating. And until today, I didn't even know there was so many eating disorders. So I actually did a little bit of research and I I found a website that they it's the national eating disorders dot org. And they have a lot of resources on there. They help with. Um, anorexia, bulimia, binge eating disorder, orthorexia, um, OSFED, which is other specified feeding or eating disorder. Um, there's avoidant restrictive food intake disorder, PICA, uh, rumination, unspecified food and eating disorder. Then there's laxative abuse. Wait, and then what? Compulsive you exercise. You want exploding booty hole is what you're telling me. No, right. No, way, but because if you take that laxative, that food's going to come it's out. Gonna, they think they're, they're going to be skinny, but right. compulsive exercising. Girl, girl, that ain't a disorder. <laughs> that ain't a disorder. That ain't a disorder. They lie. Compulsive. No, there, there is uh, studies no, that people will eat and then they'll go to the gym until they burn off exactly what they think they yep. ate, right? I can see that. I can see that. So, if anyone needs to look at these further, uh, maybe you have an eating disorder you don't even know about because I didn't even know about all of these other ones. Um, you can I do go think to their these website. ones are definitely more on the lines of like mental right um, because most of that comes from trauma from yeah Mm -hmm. it comes from not being feeling in control of your life so most of the time when you restrict food there's a reason right either like growing up you were told that you were a chubby kid why are you eating that you need to lose weight whatever um and then there's also trauma any kind of like sexual physical emotional trauma everything like that you trying to be know. attractive because right. you, you all the girls that you right. well, boys looked a certain way and you got to right. like try to. Yeah. And so that I do feel is more of Absolutely. where I would say, OK, 
if you're making this conscious decision, knowing that it's bad for you, but you're still wanting to do it to try to attain whatever the case is over here, that's where I see there being a serious like this is out of your control Mm -hmm. to an extent because you're just your brain has been programmed or or processing things in a way that you're not being able to really see what's going on from a reality perspective. Right. That these, and and this is the reason why I say that is because like, I feel like if we group obesity in with these uh, issues, it kind of, from a person who is not as empathetic, from a peop, from right. someone on the outside looking in who doesn't have these issues, right. it I feel like it grouping obesity in with this makes these other more serious issues look less as a mental disorder, and looks then people will give them grounds to be like, well, you chose to do that. Well, you're just trying right. to be like this. You just don't need to be th- right. I feel like because obesity is such a big accountability because there's so many options where you just have to make the choice to not do something. Whereas, let's say, binge eating disorder, mm-hmm. that's coming from some super trauma. That's I think this is where some- everybody came got on board in the pandemic. Oh, is- absolutely. The binge eating. Every- because you think about it. What do you what do you have to do? If you were such a person that you're constantly on the go, constantly on the go. All of a sudden, everything stops. I'm sorry that it was like the world stopped. Every client that I've ever talked to about the pandemic was like, my entire life stopped. Oh, yeah. And so you think about that. So then what are you doing? You're sitting at home. So you're sitting at home. What are you going to do? You're going to eat. Binge watch Netflix. (laughs) Right. (laughs) So then you're sitting in front of the TV eating, which then teaches you a bad habit of sitting in front of the TV eating. Because then you're not concentrating on how much food you're putting in your mouth. You're more like a bag of chips. Sit there, eat a bag of chips while, or a bag of popcorn. Mm-hmm. Instead of having the portion, you're eating a bag of chips because you're not paying attention while you're watching TV. Instead of doing that, guys, because I was guilty of doing that, overeating all the time, because I would just get a bag of chips or something. And what you should do, a best practice is to get a small bowl and I have a small metal bowl mm-hmm. and I put what I'm going to eat in there and that's it. <laughs> so just portion a little, control, right, right? Portion control. And once I'm done, I'm like, that's it. I already binged. It was a healthy binge and I'm done. You know, whether it, cause it, it's not healthy if it's Lay's potato chips. Right. But if you're only eating, I don't know, 10 to 15 versus the entire bag, that makes right. a huge difference in trying oh, yeah. to lose weight. I guess I wonder what, okay, so because bulimia was one that was really, really hard for me. Uh, so to, let me read it to you then first before you. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. Yeah, go ahead, go ahead. Go bulimia ahead. is characterized by a cycle of binge eating and compensa- ooh, compensatory behaviors such as self-induced vomiting designed to undo or compensate for the effects of binge eating. So like this one was really hard for me to process because I was like, it's like I feel like bulimia is like two disorders in one just because you literally have a binge eating disorder right. because you're like, oh, my God, I got to eat all this right. food at once. But then you go throw it up. Right. So like for me, I, I just like I'm trying to process or it was hard for me to process like like you're putting yourself in this position to expel all this food when you don't have to. So what 
So where's the mental disorder? Like what is so causing them to want to do that? Clients, and she said when she binge eats, her problem is is I had a, a client that um, watched a Gossip Girl episode. <laughs> And um, she's like, she was sitting there and she ate the whole pie and then went through it up. And she's like, I, I just started crying instantly because that's what I did all growing up. And she said, you feel so out of control that food is like that drug to you. So you go to that and you're just eating, eating, eating. And then you're like, oh my God, what did I do? And you go throw it up. It's an instant reaction. She's like, there wasn't a choice of not going to throw it up. She's like, I didn't even think of it like that. So it's like guilt or like, is it like something where they're just like, oh my God, I shouldn't have ate all that food. So now I used to know a girl that would do that too. She would eat it all. And then it got to a point where she said she didn't even have to stick her finger in her throat to throw up that it would just come out automatically so she would have to run to the bathroom because her body knows now when something goes in it's going to come right right back back up she taught that yeah so i mean it's not something that that a person is like oh hey i'm gonna go throw up it is if you feel that full and then you're like oh my god i don't feel good maybe i should throw up or you know maybe i should do this i mean it's all different per person Everybody that I worked with that has had some kind of eating disorder has always said it. I didn't feel like I had any control over it, or it was a way to control. Like anorexia, that's a way to control what goes in your body, hmm. because your it's somewhere in your life there had been so much chaos and you felt so out of control that the one thing you can control, I can control what goes in my mouth. I can control that food. So I can control my calorie intake, and if I'm not, if and that tends to go with body dysmorphia as well. Like they, you don't see yourself. You see yourself as a huge person. You could be a hundred pounds soaking wet, you know, six feet tall, hundred pounds, and still think that you're heavy, because in your head you're not seeing yourself as. What- I think I have body dysmorphia because you know, going back to what I was telling you when I looked at myself when I was younger and I was thinner, but I still saw myself as a bigger person mm-hmm. when I wasn't, you know, uh, yeah, I can relate to and that. And you think about that social media perpetuates that getting mm-hmm. kicked on as a kid. If you were a chubby kid or if you were a really skinny kid, you know, or if you were a guy, you know, especially in the, in the LGBTQ community, if you're a guy that's like paper, little tiny skinny guy, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Or somebody no, that's no, there's, there's like a, there's super, like a thing for them. Right. I know that. Some people are into that. You know, <laughs> just saying. But no, I'm just kidding. Do you know what I mean? Like then they, they feel like, Oh my God, I'm never going to gain the weight. And you know, and then you have people that are like, I use my food as I know if I get fat, nobody else is going to want to touch me because when I was thin, I got touched. So I'm going to gain the weight. That's Mm -hmm. going to be my armor. So they're using this as like a solution for an issue that they feel they have no control over. Right, because the problem is, is that you don't think that you're, you don't think about it. You're not thinking, oh, hey, I'm going to go get fat so that nobody will touch me. It's kind of, it's a subconscious thing that you're not even aware of. Hmm. Because if you're gaining weight and people aren't coming at you like they were when you were skinny, that reinforces if I eat, nobody will bother me. That's true. Okay. I there see was a couple saying. of people on 600 pound life that actually, when they got into the trauma counseling mm-hmm. for, they couldn't figure out why they kept eating. Right. That's what came up every yeah. time. It, it was women that had been touched or sexually abused yeah. or raped at a younger age. And then they just ate 
to feel better and, and apparently to get away from put up a potential wall armor and not be like as a protection attractive mechanism. Too. Yeah, absolutely. That's crazy to me because, like, like, I mean, I, I guess I fully understand body dysmorphia just from being in like the fitness, right? And then, um, I did a bodybuilding show, and then, you know, everything's just about the physique and what muscle pops and what muscle doesn't pop. So I, I definitely understand body dysmorphia in the sense of never feeling like something is the way it's supposed to be, right? right. I guess um, it's just so weird because, like, being in fitness for so long, or being in bodybuilding, it's like you learn to turn it on and turn it off because it's like, all right, like, I'm doing all of this extravagant, extraneous, like, or what is it? Orthorexia was was the, was the one was it? Or the one where you? Or it's like you got the what compulsive exercise, and I think the other one was like orthorexia was the other one. I think it was uh, described as an obsess obsession with proper or healthful eating. Right. So right. like, you know, technically all bodybuilders are going through body dysmorphia and orthorexia yeah, and and over you know over uh, exercising. Right. But then they turn it off. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like you go through that phase and then you turn it off. So it's just like it was really hard for me to process something like bulimia and anorexia and all these things. Because like in my head, I'm thinking like if you know it's bad, if your body because like uh, the ones where they throw up, mm-hmm. the acid, the acid from your stomach literally comes out every time you throw up. Right. right. So one of the side effects is is it actually burns through your, your esophagus, uh, esophagus lining, and then. You either can like uh, develop a uh, cancer or uh, it eats away at your vocal cords. So then you can't talk. So I'm like, you're at this point where you have this super negative right. um, outcome. Outcome. And, you know, are they not able to process that? Like, they don't this, see through it. They, do they, they not, don't they do that. connect I mean, if that. You're, if you're a 10 year old or a 12 year old or a 15 year old who wouldn't have that knowledge would not know hey if i keep throwing up this stuff is going to happen to me they're not going to know that they're not going to do the research on hey i'm going to throw up i was talking to one of my old clients and she said you know in school we were taught about like all the different kinds of things she's like i was like oh my god i do that and she's like it just reinforced it didn't make me feel like oh my god it was a bad thing she said it reinforced it because every but he tells me how pretty I am when I'm skinny. So it reinforced it. And she said, and it, I mm. didn't recognize I had it until I was in school, but I didn't, but the reinforcement of I'm pretty, I finally feel pretty. I finally feel good about myself. People are finally paying attention to me. Yeah. Yeah. Overtook what she had heard in school. This was necessary for me to continue getting this, this, uh, confirmation, right. this, appreciation right. like i gotta keep doing it because this is the only way i know to right. continue this cycle Absolutely. of basically getting your serotonin dopamine here because right. it's like oh my god girl you look so good right. okay let me go throw up right, like, <laughs> right. i mean i'm not, I'm not i mean i'm no, not trying to make it a joke but like in their mind they're thinking like oh my god someone just told me i'm pretty maybe if i throw up again i'll be even more pretty or whatever the case may be but damn well, it just perpetuates the cycle, but they're not even thinking. It's subconscious. They're not thinking, hey, if I throw up again, then I'll keep losing weight. Their subconscious is literally saying they programmed it at that point. I'm getting reinforced. The more I throw up, the prettier I am because people are telling me I'm pretty. So then your subconscious takes over because it starts a pattern in your brain waves. So your brain is, you're teaching your brain. It's like the alphabet. 
How'd you learn the alphabet? Repeat, repeat, repeat. So this is really honestly happening unconsciously for these people. Okay, so then, so then, how do you? Oh, so as a therapist, right? How do you uh, break okay, the habit? How do you break that you. habit? Because if it's not, it's hard. You know, you remember the girl on Doctor Phil? Yeah. That was so skinny. She said that she threw up 150 times or more a day. And then she said that she would squeeze her uh, liver to produce more bile in her stomach so that she had something to throw up because she got to a point where she didn't even want to eat food or actually she had she was so skinny. Yeah. So I actually have. How did you. Whoa, 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 whoa. You said. (laughs) Hold on. Hold up, hold up, hold up, hold the hell up. Here we go, guys. Get All ready. Right. <laughs> you, no, no, no. I'm just saying. You said she would squeeze. How do you squeeze your own organ? She, she was so skinny that she could. She, she could, knew where she it was. Where she could just was. be like, oh, yeah, that's the liver. She said, I that. press right here. I squeeze in so that I can just, I squeeze it all day. So I fill up my stomach with bile and then I let it out. And. Man, she was so skinny. I don't know if she made it or or yeah, but they tried to get her some help. And that those are the hard. I I would say I know that anorexia and bulimia are very hard to break, and people, Mm -hmm. it's a big thing, especially you know, uh, going back to the filters. It's not just the filters. There's people out there that are actually starving themselves to try to look like that. So it, it gets to that point too. Well, and I don't want anybody to think I'm being insensitive of these disorders i just like to play devil's advocate for the sense of there's the conversation people, yeah you know there's some people on the other side of the fence that just they have questions or or perspectives that they're afraid to put out there put out there they don't want to get canceled for whatever wanna, reason but right. marlon's been canceled y'all like five times Girl, i've been canceled like five we times can cancel him again it's fine i bounce back somehow but i'm just asking these questions from right. the perspective of there's a right. lot of people out there that have I don't just say it like I said what I would say. They have very ignorant views because they don't understand fully. Right. So I feel like these are topics where I I can admit that I'm ignorant and and non understanding of a lot of these topics. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I know myself as a person. Like if I were to meet one of these people, I wouldn't come up to him and be like, "Bro, like, <laughs> quit throwing up. You're killing yourself." Like I wouldn't be that person. I'd be right. more like if it was me. Talking to one of these people in person, I have enough empathy to be like, hey, man, like, what's going on? Like, can I help you? Like, I wouldn't understand it, but I know enough social cues with dealing with humans would have their their own issues that it's not my place to tell you you're wrong. Right. If I care about you, it's more or even if you're a stranger off the street, it's just like letting that little sense of just like. You good? Like, right. you all right? Like, I don't understand it. I, I, you know, I wouldn't be in this position. I wouldn't necessarily to it, but I'd be like, are you good? Because you're dealing with something. But for my own personal views, right. I am ignorant to a lot of this. So that's why I ask these questions so I can have a better understanding. So please don't cancel me. <laughs> I'm not trying this to be hey, guys, rude. Uh, and also, if you're on our Instagram, uh, if you want a better audio experience, you can go on over to Twitter, YouTube, Facebook, um, so that you can hear the conversation a little bit better. Because I know you guys can't hear. We we weren't able to connect Instagram. Sorry, guys. Sorry. Uh, we got it streaming on another another platform. But um, we hear it's really, really good on the Sky Squids Facebook. Right. It looks really so, good. It, yeah. it sounds really good. So. so I will tell you, there's three different types of therapy that usually people go through. So yes. there's cognitive behavioral therapy, which basically... The basic concept is is that your thoughts and feelings are directly related to your behavior. So if you can change your thoughts and your feelings 
in a positive way, then your behavior will change. Okay. There's DBT, which is, which is dialectic behavioral therapy. That's stuff like mindfulness, like emotional regulation, learning how to, um, trying to figure out a way to say it. distress tolerance. There's in, in, interpersonal effectiveness, and I hate saying that because I can never say it right. Um, and basically, it's it's way of changing your thinking instead of avoiding it. Okay. So I like that. And that mindfulness, being in the now instead of oh my god, I did this all this time, or oh my god, what are people going to think of me next week when I go do this? Right, right, right. It's being in the now and in the present time. Um, and then there's exposure response therapy. Now I've never done this with anybody, so okay. I this was new to me, and I know it's not new, but it was new to me. Um, you expose yourself to distressful experiences and the triggers that cause your eating disorder in the first place. So then what happens is, is like, you know, like the fear of food or you attend a social event or go out to dinner. But the exposure while you're doing this is to remain connected to that trigger. Like you want to binge mm-hmm. or you want to just purge or you don't want to eat. But, but do it anyway. Right. But you don't do that ritual. Or do the opposite of what you So basically it's teaching you like. If I binge eat and then if I'm at dinner and I'm like just chowing down because, you know, portions are huge. So if I go and I eat all of the spaghetti, you know, and then I go in the bathroom and purge instead of eating all of the spaghetti, I'm going to eat a normal size setting and I'm not going to go to the bathroom and I'm not going to eat the rest of that. Okay. I see that. Does that make sense? I mean, I guess for me, that. Obviously makes total sense because right. it's like you're changing your habits. Right. You know what I mean? You're taking some type of accountability and saying, like, I'm going to change my habit. I know what I normally do and I'm going to change it. But it's that's really a hard, hard hard to get to because they're not doing this consciously. Right. So to them, there isn't a bad habit. It's a normal. It, this is just their, normal. This thing. is just how I know to do this. Right. Like, this is just how I know to exist. So I feel like that one would be like a very, very hard one to um, instill in somebody with these particular mm-hmm. disorders because they may not a- even see it as a disorder. Right. Yeah. Any of these any of these eating disorders and the obesity, all of it is hard for right. everyone. And that's why the government capitalizes off of it. Well, because you're I mean, a pharmaceutical company loving it because you got to take too. a pill for everything. All those pills that are out there, all those diet pills. Hard. Man, I have tried every single diet pill that has ever been made. <laughs> let me clear the let me clear the room on supplements so people understand something. Right, the supplement companies is the biggest crock of shit in in mm-hmm. American history, and I know that now. And <laughs> Xantrex. Right. Well, oh no, well, it's stupid. <laughs> I mean, I'm talking about like protein powder. I know what you mean. Okay, yeah, <laughs> fat. You know, the fat burner, all that stuff. Guys, and I'm going to tell you this because, like, I've been around fitness forever, right? If you're going to take supplements, the most I'm talking about, if they created the best supplement from a company, it's only going to give you about an eight to ten percent boost. That's it. That's the I'm talking about. If if this was just the best supplement on the market, right? Trim spa, baby. Right. Like, it's only going to give you at max a 10% boost. Most supplements that you take, you're getting about 6%. So imagine you going in here, buying a fat burner, and you, you go to the gym twice a week. 
You're only going to get a 6% boost. Right. That means the fry, the, the, the fries that you ate on Monday, that's with the fat better burn off. You're back right to where you were on right. Thursday. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, like, I I always, like, have this conversation with uh, some of my, like, long-term clients. They're like, well, what if I buy this? What if I buy that? I was like, look, these are the core things that you're going to use or to, to actually get a performance enhancement right. so that you can get to your goal, all that other stuff. You know, you you're wasting your money. It's making you jittery, so that it makes you think that it's working. Right, it's, it's going to raise your body temperature, so you think you're burning fat. But guess what? Just because your body hot, don't mean you're burning fat. I hate stay to stay away that. from those weight loss pills. I I took them, and they don't do anything but make you get anxiety later on in life. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They do. Cause you I get mean, adrenal, you get adrenal fatigue. They put so much caffeine in those things. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, oh, y'all remember? Uh, hold on, y'all remember? Trim spa. Jacked. No, wait. No, this is back when I was in high school. <laughs> Um, because uh, I didn't take supplements, so I actually didn't start taking supplements till I got to college. So like everybody was already taking like protein powder and and Jack uh, Jack creatine. was like the pre workout and creatine and I bet I'm trying to get big. I'm like, yeah. bro, I'm about to go eat some collard greens and neck bones and call it a day. <laughs> uh, but cornbread. They came out with this. Uh, it was called Jacked 3D. And, they still have that. Okay, no, no, no. Oh. I'm talking about the original. Oh, it the, had the, like the, ephedrine or something in it. Yeah, that, and the government restricted yeah, because dude, kids were dropping out like flies. Oh I remember it came God. out and it was like this kid had a heart attack. I'm like, he was. I mean, that's the same thing with red sixteen. Line. Oh red yeah, line. and they, they told you don't Monster. drink the whole. Honestly, half, y'all take half. And, I drank and, the and, whole and, bottle. No, you didn't. Yeah, the first time. Yeah. No, I mean not the first time, but eventually I was drinking the whole bottle, and okay, that's when yeah. I knew I had a problem. <laughs> Man. <laughs> Oh, right. and then Red Bull and uh, uh, people were mixing uh, Red Bull and vodka. Oh, okay. I so I met still. a heart. Okay. I met a, and this was just randomly. I was at a gas station pumping some gas. And um, this lady came to me. She's like, oh, my God. It looks like you work out. And I was like, yeah. And I was coming out of the gas station with a energy drink. I think it was like a monster. Might have mm. been a Red Bull. Anyway, anyway. She was like, yeah. Uh, She's like, look, you work out. Da, 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 da. I was like, yeah, yeah, you know, I try to stay in the gym. Da, 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 da. She was like, oh my God, let me tell you something. Let me just, let me just, let me, I, just, I know you don't know me, but just, I, I have to tell you something. I have to tell you something. Okay. <laughs> Are you going to drink that? And I was like, uh, yeah, I'm tired. She's like, you got to stop. You got to stop. She's like, I have a 16 year old kid with heart problems right now. And it's because he drinks three Red Bulls a day. He's been doing it for two years and like he may not make it to 30. Like, I mean, this lady was just like serious. She's like the biggest uh, uh, thing that no one's talking about is energy drinks are causing premature heart problems. Mm. And she's like, she has a 16 year old in her clinic right now that may not make it to 30 because their heart is already just like screwed. And I was just like, how is nobody talking about that? Because you know what I mean? Like it's just like the money. They're making. I mean, tons of fair, money. fair, fair, fair. It's fair. just like the diet pills. They're making tons of money off of that. That just you know, blew my mind. Sixteen? Can you imagine? Like I remember, there was a at one point Demi Moore had like she was always seen with a Red Bull. Uh, who's who's Demi Moore? I know a she's ghost. an actor, but I don't remember. Ghost. She a ghost. No, she was in Ghost. She was in the movie Ghost. He never seen that either. Oh my God. <laughs> Whoopi How Goldberg. Are you? <laughs> Whoopi I know, Goldberg. I know, who, ghost. I know who Whoopi Goldberg you is. You in danger, girl. You don't remember that? Oh my God. That's one of the best lines. Right. You in danger, girl. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, she was in that movie. 
She was in that okay. movie. G.I. Jane. Sorry. Oh, Charlie. Oh, she was G.I. Jane? Uh-huh. Wait, Charlie's Angels. Uh, when Full Throttle. Oh, the that's villain. Demi Moore. The villain, yep. Okay, okay, okay. I know her. So she was her. always seen with a Red Bull for the longest time. And then all of a sudden she stopped. Really? And They weren't cutting her no check no more. <laughs> Well, it gave her it, wings. They had an no. interview with her, and she said it was giving her anxiety. It was causing her. She started having jitters attacks. and stuff. She started mm. having attacks from it. So, because I used to murder some. I monsters. stopped drinking Red Bull when they said that they put actual uh, bull sperm, bull sperm inside like, of oh, it. Oh, taurine. Yeah. Oh God, stop it. Yuck. Come on, in Texas, you guys eat what? What are those? The mountain balls or whatever. What is that? It's like sheep balls. Yeah, I like, don't eat that. I don't eat them either. Like, I, I, my buddies used to eat them on our football on a football team. Abilene. What do those do? I don't. Know. Monkey balls. That's what they're called. They're called monkey balls. But they're literally just they take like they kill deers like live live feet like live uh live game is what they call. Right. But they take the balls of the males and they cook them and eat them. Yeah. And they're called monkey balls. I used to have a bunch of dudes on our team that used to go out and hunt because they used to kill, like, they, we had, like, a boar, like a pig, like, wild boar mm-hmm. uh, infestation or whatever. So they would go out on the weekends, and they would always be like, hey, man, come in, uh, come in, uh, you should come out and hunt with us. And I was like, yeah, we're in a racist town, Rocky a bunch of white guys with guns drinking beers, and I'm the only black guy. <laughs> yeah, I'll no, pass. I'm good. <laughs> Hard pass. Well, switching gears. And we're going at night. Hard pass. Switching gears. I think we're going to get into our second talk, which is the mental health talk for men. It's not just for men, but it's about men. Uh, We all struggle with mental health, of course. I don't want to take that away from anyone. But um, a lot of men struggle with mental health and they don't say anything and they don't get help for it because growing up, you know, it all comes from how you were taught, you know, Mm -hmm. and and it's like we were taught by our parents, especially us men or by our dad. If you had a dad or a father figure in your life that, Hey, you need to man up. Don't cry for that. Don't cry for this. Mm -hmm. Men don't cry. Men don't show feelings. Be strong. And that's been beaten into us and you don't talk about it. And now as I'm getting older, I've started to realize that because I didn't talk about my mental health issues, I had major anger issues instead because I instead of I'm holding everything in and then the next person that says something to me I'm blowing up on them well because it's all and then you're not even talking to them about what you mad about it's like oh yeah it's something that they did like like they I don't know somebody left my my cabinet open why you leave the cabinet open you know it's it's something so small right so it ain't even about the cabinet it's not about the cabinet it's supposed to be a masculine thing to be angry like you're allowed to show the anger emotion. You're allowed to be happy. Some women like that too. They're like, "Ooh, he's so angry." I do think ang- <laughs> I do I do think anger is more accepted uh, from men um, than versus females. Um, but I do think that that comes from this like this facade that being angry is a sign of strength, right? Um, which. You know, it is, but at the same time, misplaced, it's it's detrimental. It's like, I mean, especially I look like in the black community, it's just like, you know, in lower income areas, like this anger is is so put on this pedestal of masculinity that like we got, you know, people out here and, you know, in these low communities areas killing and killing each other over trivial stuff right. just because this they idea wanted to be a man of or look like being a man. a man and being angry and being right. tough right. is so 
praised that the line for like, is this necessary? Is blurred. It's gone. Mm -hmm. But then at the same time, I look at like they don't have a place to be vulnerable. And I look at, and I'll give you two examples of um, what's hard for me to to deal or look at was when Tyrese was having issues with his baby mom and his kids. Mm -hmm. He got on social media. He was crying. He was being emotional. He was letting the world know this is how I feel. This is, this is, this is hurting me. And this is how I feel. And I feel like he was at a point that I feel like he had so many people around him that was probably reinforcing and that just be a man, get over it. Like, or toxic positive positivity. Oh, it'll get better. Don't worry about it. That he had to come to social media and get out what What he he was really feeling without feeling bad about it. Because at that point when he was just putting it out there, he could just vent it without anyone stopping him. And then I look at how the world treated him. I was just like, look at this first show or this first sign of someone who is a black. One, he's a black man. He's he's been a sex symbol. He's a movie star. He's successful. A singer. He's a singer. He's done all. I mean, he's got the bucket list checked. You know what I mean? And the first time. He showed any type of what I like to call humanity, right? Right. He gets ridiculed, and then I look at, uh, um, then I look at Chadwick Boseman. You know, may mm-hmm. he rest in peace. He's Black Panther. Um, I look at Chadwick Boseman. Um, he had been off social media and all that for a long time, and then literally, like I would say, what two weeks, maybe something like a month or something like right before he passed, he had came on social media, but he was kind of in a bad condition. Mm-hmm. And I think he was talking about um, he might have been talking about Black Lives Matter or something like that. Right. And he comes on social media and everyone completely missed the message because then they just ended up um, just making fun of how, you know, bad he looked because he was like really skinny. I think mm-hmm. he was probably going yeah, to chemo really, at the time. Yeah. And he just looked really, really skinny. And I was looking at the fact that like like on and, and twofold. One, you got a man that is going through something really, really mentally mentally uh hurtful right and this he's voiced that and it was a sign of weakness and he was instantly made fun of and torn down then on the other side you got a man that was showing a sign of weakness from a health perspective and even though he was trying to say something positive or uplifting or give some type of motivation or give some type of insight all that gets washed away because of this he looked weak you know what i mean to an extent so i I feel like mental health for men comes from so many different angles because it's like, why do we always have to be strong? Why do we always have to bear all the burdens that go on in the world? And then everyone in the world looks at us and says, well, that's just what you're supposed to deal with. You don't, you're just supposed to expect that. And if it is hard and if you do hurt, then like, why us? Like, why do we not have that space to just, and what's so uh, we feel what you feel as right. a female or right. whatever as a child we still have those right. same feelings Absolutely. even though we're men like why I just don't understand why we don't get to have that. Well, what also was kind of like brought my attention to this even more today when I was looking at some stuff that we can go over. I saw that uh, it says the prevalence of mental illness in men is lower than women. Also, men with mental uh, mental illnesses are also likely to have received or less likely to receive mental health treatment than women in the past year. However, men are more likely to die by suicide than women, according to the CDC 
uh, and prevention. So that was a big one too. Mm-hmm. You know? I feel like that's counter. I feel like two of those points are counterproductive, right? So it's like uh, one is men are less likely to get help for mental mm-hmm. health, right? But then they're it less says likely that to get through it either. Men, and they're less likely to get through it. But then men are also less likely to have mental health issues. I don't think that it's that men are less likely to have mental health issues. I just think that they're not reporting it. Absolutely. So the numbers are. Skewed. Yeah, that's why. Absolutely. Well, I, I, maybe I'm. You know what I mean? No, 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 no. I think the statistic, oh. I think that they oh, are okay. listing it correctly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just saying, like, let's put a little bit of context to it. Well, because maybe we're equal. Right. Because we're just not talking about it. If you're not talking about it and you're, you know, as a therapist, I think I have three men out of the 56 people on my caseload are men. One, two, three, maybe four on my caseload out of 56 people. The rest of them are all women. That's wow. a really low percentage. Absolutely. Should be almost half. And That's what I, I feel like, right? Yeah. I agree. And, you know, the men that are on my caseload have been in, two of them have been in therapy for a long time. So they just, it, it's now become, they need the therapist because nobody else in their life will let them. Vent. Vent and be vulnerable. And I keep saying there's strength and vulnerability. Yeah. To be vulnerable enough to open up and show your emotions is huge. That shows courage. That shows that you are at that place where I need to do this. Mm -hmm. So you're going to have a lot of people that are like, oh, no, men can they can deal with it. They can deal with it. It's an old school mentality. So old school. Still has not. Because there's still stigma attached to it. Mm-hmm. You know, there's so much stigma attached to, I call it mental wellness. Because yeah. if you call it mental health, people are like, oh, no, I don't I don't have any mental health. I don't have any issues. Yeah, I've, I've had people that would say, Amy, I don't need to talk to you. I'm not crazy. Well, I didn't say you were crazy, but no. what you're doing isn't working. Right. Why are you not changing? Something's going on. Like, you're not feeling okay. Yeah. Like, it doesn't mean you're crazy. So, I will say, like... Um, not to point the finger, but like, so you're pointing. <laughs> I, am I was pointing. like, is he about to point at me? <laughs> no, 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 no. Not even that. Not even that. Like I do. <sighs> Dang, this is going to open up a, a very big. Here we go, guys. A very big uh, controversial topic. Yay! <laughs> oh, my God. Oh my so God. I've dated uh, black females. I've dated white females. Mm-hmm. Um, and I will say this in my youth, just because I didn't really understand a lot about myself and all that stuff. I went with what was more comfortable. Right. Right. And I would say I 100% was more comfortable dating white females than black females. Right. And for a long time, I couldn't, I was like, I don't understand why. Like I just, I just gravitate towards white females. is what I thought. Right. That's one of those unconscious things. Right. Right? (laughs) Right. But as I got older and I looked at this and I kind of, just grew as a man and kind of learned myself. I understood that like I actually enjoyed dating white females over black females because in privacy I could be vulnerable with a white woman and she wouldn't look at me any different. I could be vulnerable with a white woman and she would help me. She would help build me right through that with that knowing that vulnerability. Whereas, and I hate to make this like a black and white thing, but like with black females, it's it's like a competition for who's struggling more. You know what I mean? Um, so like you'll go to you'll go to him and say like, man, I had a really long day. Like I'm just stressed out. Like you know what I'm saying? Like shit's really hard right now. So, oh, you 
You had a long day. I had to take you. You know what I mean? It's like right. I had to do this. I had to do that. I had to do this. I had to do that. And, and you think your day is so hard? It's like, dang! Like it's like now I have to feel bad for feeling bad. Right. Right. It's like now it's like double the negative of like, dang! Like now I gotta feel like bad for feeling bad. Feel, yeah. Like I'm not supposed to feel bad. Right. Or the other side of that is that the Tyrese treatment. You say how you feel, and da da da. It's just like, ugh, why are you crying like a girl? Right. Mm-hmm. Um, or why are you being so soft? Right. But then on the flip side of that is they come with their issues and we're just supposed to be like, oh, baby, I'm here for you. Like, right. oh, what can it's I do to make it then. better? Like, what right. can I do now when I'm being soft? It's oh, you love it. Right. Mm-hmm. And I feel like there's such this. And, I, and I'm and i just saying for personal experience, because I'm pretty sure there's plenty of white dudes in here. They're like, I've went with black girls and they were more, <laughs> right. you know, towards my feelings. And, you know, I'm just. Trying to give you the full picture for me, right? Um, um, but I say that to say that, like, I do feel like in like uh, minority communities, mm-hmm. there's this very, very big, I think, cultural trauma just because of our history in this country. Right. That mm-hmm. especially black men, I feel like we get a very, very big pressure to live up to a certain expectation because. You know, during a certain time, we couldn't protect our men, our women, right? right? And, but it was out of our control. We tried, but it was just like it would be more detrimental to our family to try to protect you than not. Right. You know what I mean? Or, you know, even for Mexicans, you know what I mean? There was a very long period where I feel like in the minority community, there was this big hurdle over men that, like, we had no masculinity. We had no strength. And I feel like now we're in a position now where now that we kind of have a voice, I do feel like we're kind of overcompensating in a lot of ways. Too. Oh, yeah. That's that's something I that I like, know that my dad pushed on us a lot is to not cry and to not do this and not do that because yeah. you're going to make them turn into a sissy or whatever the fact. But in the end, all it did was hurt my relationships throughout my life. Why? Because I was closed off with the way that I felt. I was closed off from saying... You know, I wouldn't let anybody know my life could be in shambles and I would just sit there and smile or or my defense that I recognize is making jokes with people. So if I'm especially making jokes with someone that day and try, then, you know, something is really going on. But it's also a cultural. It really is a cultural thing because I I do feel like we're in an overcompensating phase as far Mm -hmm. as because I didn't know like. I, what's the the machismo? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I didn't, yeah, yeah. I didn't understand that for a while. I didn't understand, you know, having to be that macho. And, yeah, and and you know, we have different cultures where, you know, black communities from the people I have worked with here in Texas, um, the men that came to see me were very very standoffish and very they. they Yes. It's a wall. Right. There's a wall. Mm -hmm. And it would take three or four weeks before I would even know anything other than what they told me in the assessment. And the assessment, they were very flat affect. Didn't, you know, yes, this happened, this happened, this happened. Very fact of the matter. We said protection. Like, and and I'm just telling you, like, as a, as, especially as an African American man, that like, it's just like, it's a, it's a protection wall because we, it's hard for people to understand our perspective because we feel like, the target is always on our back. Right. Right. It doesn't matter if we're in the ghetto, if we're in the suburbs, if we're at the court, if we're at the job, if we're walking down our own damn street. Right. 
you learn at an early age that the target is always on your back. So for us, it's just like there's this, I think it's like a, you know how like when somebody passes on, like you know how like animals pass on just like these characteristics mm-hmm. that they just don't know why they do it, but they just right. do it, right? There's like this innate Instinct. Instinct. Instinct, yeah. right. There's just this instinct in us as black men. And you learn it by time like you're like six or seven, like maybe eight. Like you learn, you know it. You don't, it's it's never taught to you. Put it to you like this. It's never like your father sits you down and tells you. It's just right. by the time you're like eight or nine, you understand that like because I'm black and I'm male, there's a target on me. Right. And you have two routes to go. You either be completely the toughest guy in the room, so no one even tries to come at you, and it's more of, and even that is not about me wanting to beat you up. It's about the fact that I don't even want to be in an altercation, so I'm going to pretend like I'm the biggest, baddest, so that you don't even want to even go down that route. Or the other option is to be as, you know, non-threatening as possible. Mm-hmm. But that also is not necessarily the safest route because depending on your environment, now you're the one being picked on. Now you're the one having other issues. So I could definitely see how coming into a situation like that, it's just like, even though you're trying to help me, I still have to have my guard up because if this goes wrong, the target's on my back. Well, and I always got, I'm black, you wouldn't understand. Okay, you wouldn't yeah. understand what it's like to be black, and I'm like, I wouldn't. I didn't. True. I'm like, <laughs> one of my clients. He's like, well, you're white. I'm like, get it off. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, right, right, right. right. Like, I'll go get more tattoos. <laughs> right, I'll go get more tattoos so I can be a little, a little more color. But it was that whole, you know. He's like, you're not going to understand, and I'm like, but I do understand depression. Right. I do understand anxiety. I do understand trauma. Fair. So I do understand in that aspect. I'm not going to understand your trauma the way you see it through your eyes, but I'm going to help you get through it. Right, 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 right. Because my job isn't to most, I'm not here to understand or judge. Mm -hmm. I'm here to say, okay, this is what you went through. This is your story. So let's work through it. And once I get that kind of conversation going, most of the time they're like, okay. Because I think there was like a 70 something year old man and he's like, "Mm." 70? He was 70 years old. Yeah, he got too much trauma. He's like, I ain't talking to you. Well, but think about where he's coming from. As a 70-year-old man, he's gone through Martin Luther King dying. He's gone through Malcolm X. He's gone through Fred Hampton. He's gone through the bombing of Oklahoma. He's gone through Selma. He's gone through uh, um, the first schools getting integrated, right? So him, as a 70-year-old man, having to sit in the room and tell a white woman... A young white woman. A young white woman, why he is hurting is, like, in his mind, is contradictory, Right. I'm hurting because of you. Right. Not obviously because, right, because of you. Right. But because but of you're right. coming from that culture of it. people that have hurt me, but you want me to tell you how right. I feel. Right. And then in his mind, he's probably still coming from that perspective of, well, if you say anything wrong about a white person, you. you mm. Yeah. Right. You know what I mean? Like, so I could definitely see that being a hard part. I, I would say to the newer generation of African American men, or it's just African-American people in general, when you look at some of the stuff that goes on, it's just, it, it, there is that stigma of, you know, if I'm talking to someone that isn't black, there is that fear or is there there is that instantaneous, like, you're just not going to get it. Right. Because we've lived, because put it like this, I've lived, I'm, I'm 30 plus years old, right? So I've seen how the world has treated my father. Mm-hmm. 
because he's black, right? I've seen how the world has treated my grandfather because he's black. I was born when my my dad was uh, 20 years old. So I even got to see my great-grandmother, right? Used to spend summers with her, right? So I got to see how the world treated them um, because they were African-American, black, whatever the case may be, and see the differences while I grew up as a kid. So to constantly see their experiences, their um, mental health, their life, everything be dismissed, it's hard to sit down and talk to anyone that isn't black about how you're really, truly feeling internally because it's like, I got to, you know what's so funny is, it's like, with my white friends sometimes, the ones that I'm really, really close with now, I don't have to do it with. But like newer like white friends, it becomes a like history lesson right. just to explain to them how I feel. Right. Because it's like I tell them something and it's like, well, I feel like this in this perspective. And they're like, well, why do you see it that way? It doesn't even that's not like that doesn't even make any sense. And I'm just sitting there thinking to myself, like To you. It don't make sense to you because right. you're not living life from this perspective. So it's And it's even not getting their fault there, it's not no no no. It's not. Right. But I think even in that perspective, like for trying to talk about your emotions as a black person in this country is even hard because it's right. like, I got to give you a history lesson. I gotta give you a to 10 make year, you 15 understand year. Yeah. why I feel the way I feel, even though you have Don't seen see it. it. You, no, even though you've seen it for yourself, oh, oh. But, but decided I should feel this way. Yeah. Right. But we could. Uh, that is so. That, do, you understand, but I'm saying, right. do you understand how hard that is? Because you feel. Because it's like right out the gate, you feel invalidated. It's and like that, right out the gate. And, that, and that's the thing. I can't even imagine. I can't even begin to imagine seeing grandparents, hearing their stories, seeing, right. seeing their depression and not being able to call it depression, seeing the anxiety, seeing the panic. Not I, being able to diagnose. Not it. being able to get diagnosed for fear. Yeah. You know, I I couldn't even imagine. And the sad thing is, when I had all the Latinos I've worked with, it's kind of the same. I'm about to say they're, they're probably oh, on yeah, the same. Yeah. I, it I, is I feel the like, same. Yeah, I mean, I feel like Mexican I, culture is like very much. Oh my god, synonymous in that. And honestly, uh, uh, people don't say this, Hispanic. and know, maybe like, this is going to get me canceled. I don't know. <laughs> people don't say this, but you know, Latino, Mexican, whatever you are, Hispanic, however you identify with it, um, they're they're being used as slaves too because they're here. And they'll do anything for work because they want to work, right? But that doesn't mean you guys have to pay them pennies because that's no. what happens. They're getting paid pennies right. to build our homes, build our communities, build everything, everything well, that you guys see. Does What is mental health wise? You feel worthless. Degraded. Yeah. Degraded. Degraded. Every time you turn on the TV, and then, you're honestly, all immigrants. They don't, like, they don't trust anyone that's an American. And they don't trust a white person. And they don't trust any. And, you know, some of them don't trust the black people either. You yeah, know, true, true, and they, true. they and and I know for a fact that those people do feel isolated to themselves. They all stick together. They all live together. They all work as hard as they can to send money back home to their family in Mexico. And, yes, they might be here illegally. But guess what? If you had a family and you were living in a third world country that was terrible and you couldn't make enough money to support them, 
white people would do anything. So you would do the same thing. You know, everyone yeah. would do this. Black people would do the same thing. This is my family. I need to find any way I can to take care of them. So that's why they're here. But because they're here, they get treated like crap. Mm-hmm. Uh, they don't get health care. They don't definitely don't get mental health right. help. So they are going through anxiety, depression. They're not able to see their family all the time. They can't go home. I've seen that. I grew up in in that Mexican community where I saw, you know, I come from that poverty line where we were poor and we grew up in that community. And we had friends where their families may have gotten deported, you know. And it's terrible to see that growing up like that. So growing up, I didn't trust a lot of different other races because I stuck within my own Mexican community. When I moved, when I grew up and I started moving back to California, my family over there, uh, family. um, Then I moved to Dallas and starting to get out and and see what type of people there are out there. It was kind of scary because I couldn't trust anybody unless I saw a Mexican person. Then I would be comfortable. Right. Well, and think about that. As a male, it's totally different being a female, a black female, Mexican female, white female, you know, because I, I, all the different mental health disorders, Mm -hmm. it doesn't matter your color. Mm -hmm. We've just all had different experiences that got us to that point. Mm -hmm. Right. And, you know, I say that and a lot of people get mad. It does matter with color. But... Depression's depression. If you have depression, you're going to have certain symptoms. There's a criteria. Oh, 100%. It's just what brought you to that. You know, it's just what brought you to that. And I think that's your path of what got you to depression is different. Yes. But a complete disconnect Mm -hmm. because we're so like, well, but you would. And that's what you're saying. You wouldn't understand. You're right. I wouldn't understand. Right. But as a therapist, I know what depression symptoms look like. And I know things you can do to make sure that that you can lower those symptoms. I do feel like. Um, even, even if I go to a therapist, right, even though I know that your bottom line is to help me deal with this particular mental issue, I feel like just as a human, right? not like race or anything, but just as a human, I feel like you have to understand my pain before I feel comfortable letting you fix it. But that's all in the therapeutic relationship. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? So I see that there's an extra layer of it's going to be there's an extra layer of making that connection. Like a 70 year old black man coming to talk to you. Right. Like that crossing that boundary is going to be a whole lot harder than like a new age. Like someone like myself coming to talk to you. Right. right? So I, I see that like there's a very there's a very hard nuance as a therapist because you have to be one, one, you have to be very self-aware. Right. Two, you have to really truly understand like, like a lot about different people to a certain extent, because if you don't know too much about these different cultural differences or different things like that, it's going to be hard for you to break that nuance of comfortability with someone. You know what I mean? Um, so I mean, that just speaks to like the skill level that you have a guy that's 77 years old, that's willing to come to you, you know, a 77 year old black man that's willing to come to you and, and, and let you in on some level. Right. Like that just speaks to the volume of like your commitment to trying to help people because Mm -hmm. 
Like well, that's a hard. I know that's a that that specific case. I know was is probably well. Hard. And I told him, I said, I may not know what you're going through. I may not know your entire history. I'm right. not going to know that in a short amount of time. Right, right, right. When I do an assessment, I get an hour to assess you and give you a diagnosis. Yeah, insurance. That's how it is with insurance companies. So then I take that. And I also think about what you're saying and how you're saying it, how you're reacting to things. I take that all into consideration. The next time you see me, we have to do a treatment plan. And again, for insurance purposes. So I quickly do the treatment plan. What is it that you want to work on? And then I go back and I say, okay, you know what? That's done. Paperwork's done. Right. Tell me about your family. Right, right, right. Tell me the, I want to hear the good stuff. Give me the good stuff. Yeah. And then I say, do you have any questions for me? Do you want to know where my education came from? Do you, what do you want to know about me? Yeah. That's going to make you know that I actually know what I'm talking about. Right, right, right. And so he asked me, he's like, have you ever been to a blues concert? Hey. I said, I've seen BB King seven times. Last time was at the state theater in Portland. I said, it was like right before he died. I've been, I was so blessed to be able to see him. And he's yeah. like, I said, I got to do a meet and greet with him. I said, one of my favorite things was I got to, I got to like shake his hand yeah. and I got my picture with him. Yeah, and yeah. then I was like, Hey, question for you. Did you really have rent parties? And he's like, Oh girl. And went into this long story yeah, yeah, yeah. about <laughs> these rent parties they used to have. Yep. And he's like, Oh, lady day was there. He was telling me all these. And I'm like, my mind's blown. blown. With all the talent that would be in these apartments, and was t- he goes, you're a little white girl from Maine. How do you know this? Mm-hmm. I said I took psyching music, and then I took like a blues class. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wanted to learn about blues. Yeah, the history. And he was like, I will never forget that my entire life. Like, <laughs> I, but I said that to this guy, and he was like, okay. I mean, that, that, that opened the that door. That broke his wall down That a broke his bit. wall down. But that's the thing. It's like I, I make sure I have so many different experiences. It's cultural competency. Yeah. When I first came down here, and forgive me, don't cancel me, I didn't know black women wore wigs. I didn't know they had Jesus. Wigs. I remember you told me that. I had no idea. So when I'm, like, talking to girls at work, I'm like, "Is you're wearing a wig? It's, like, 100 degrees outside. How are you not sweating? Right. Like, like I like couldn't even process it. I couldn't it. even process it. And so they were teaching me how to put, wheat, you know, curls, mm-hmm. curls my hair and all kinds <laughs> of stuff. It was so cool because I, you know, I approached it in a different way. But to know that and to be able to find out things like that, I ask a lot of questions. Mm-hmm. You know, the Latino community, I ask a lot of questions because I'm like, why is your mom so up in your grill? Yeah. I didn't know that, like, that, that's... It's that's, a cultural it's thing. It's a cultural thing. Yeah. I had no idea. So I had to learn coming down here. I mean, I've been down here seven years now. Yeah. So I've learned so much. But there's still so much I haven't learned. I just feel like that's such a disservice to, like, America because it's like... Uh, and I, I think, like, th- the way you said it is cultural competency. competency. Like, that that one just aspect of our culture, like, well, I don't understand where we lost that. Because it's like, okay, if this whole country was built off of being a melting pot, right? that's cultural competency. Mm-hmm. Where did we, I mean, I just don't understand how, uh, well, I mean, I understand, we all got I understand how we yeah, lost we it. I do. I do understand how we lost it. We're not, that's but, for another show. That's another show. <laughs> but... You know, in today's society where everything is so intermingled with like social media and right. stuff like I just don't, I, I it, it's so hard for me to meet like 
I, I hate I hate always being about white people, but it's so hard to meet a white person. And then there's so much about other cultures that they just don't know. Right. And I just don't understand how we live in such a open society now that like they grow up under these rocks where it's like you never knew this. Yeah, but we had the one honorary black kid in our school. You know what I mean? No, no, no. I'm not talking about like your generation. I'm not talking about your generation. Oh, you're like, talking I mean, like, I'm talking about yeah. like this new generation. Okay. Like I still, you, you still meet 20 year olds that have no cultural competence. Right. That's true. And it's like, you're, you like your generation doesn't have an excuse anymore. Like, you mean like, you know what I mean? Like, it's just like your generation doesn't right. have an excuse to not know these things. So I'm like, I just don't understand. And, and I feel like that would clear up so much, so much like, God, it would clear up so much issues. Just understanding, and I and I don't mean to say this, just understanding that white people's culture is not the center of the world. <gasps> I hate to, I hate to break it to y'all. And like, that's white the end people, of our show, guys. I mean, I'm just saying. <laughs> but I'm just saying, though, like it would just it would just open a door for a lot of more of these conversations to be had easier, right? Because then people would have that common ground to be like, I understand what you're feeling. We can talk about it. And I feel like that is what keeps a lot of these conversations well, not happening. Well, we can talk about that. That's a whole We can show. talk about that. On a, yeah. And we can that, I didn't yeah. mean to make it be like that deep, but I'm just saying like, <laughs> no, it I makes mean, it easier yeah, to it, connect. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, right. And we can talk about this all day. I know. But well, because there's also like being a white girl in a minor working in an environment where there's a minority. I'm a minority. You're a minority. You know, so there's a lot they need to learn about your right. culture. And they're like, well, she's a typical white girl. Not necessarily. Not necessarily, girl. So you don't know. I mean, can I dance like a white girl? Absolutely. Can I'm not. A, I'm, a, I'm, I'm definitely not against it. I'm not against it. So I just want to end our segment with with this. No, with with, <laughs> you know, talking about we kind of got away from the men's mental health. But um, I kind of want to leave everybody with the idea in their head that the next time they're around a male, whether it's your mom, I mean, sorry, whether it's your brother, your whether it's your I dad, mean, whether it's your friend, non-binary, your uncle, anyone, you know, ask them how they're doing. You know, did do a check in with well, them, a, see, a mental check a with them. Crying, it is not a weakness, right? No. Because it some of the, you know, it, some of the signs, warning signs that things could be getting worse for men are, of course, anger, irritability, or aggressiveness noticeable mood changes in energy level or appetite uh, difficulty sleeping or sleeping too much difficulty concentrating feeling restless or on edge increased worry or feeling stress misuse of alcohol and drugs sadness or hopelessness suicidal thoughts uh, feeling flat or having trouble feeling positive emotions. Mm. There's so many more. Uh, you know, if, if you know someone like that right now, reach out to them. Let them know you're there. Um, get them some help. You can call, of course, nine one one if it's already an emergency, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or the National Suicide Prevention Line. That number is one eight hundred two seven three eight two five five or one eight hundred two seventy two seven three talk. So definitely get them some help, but check in with all the men in your lives and see how they're Absolutely. doing. They definitely, whether they say it or not, or show it or not, maybe you need to be the person to break them down and like, hey, let's talk about some things. Right. Or you can talk to me if you need to, not just 
what's wrong, you know? Right. Or, you know what I mean? That would say a check-in on your strong friends or yep. what it is. Yep. Like, yeah. You know? The ones that you think are always doing well. Yeah, you check in on them. The Usually those are the ones that are doing the worst. Yeah. Sadly, though. Like, isn't that crazy, though? But thank you guys so yes, much for joining so us. Um, this was a success. Hopefully, we'll see when it posts <laughs> to our page. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. I forgot we were live. So we have to go back and... Uh, We'll just take it look down. Look at it afterwards. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. If but I look terrible, we're taking it down. It was successful. I looked great. I kept my eye on the camera all the time. <laughs> um, this is something that we're trying out. If you guys liked our live, let us know. Don't forget to follow us. We're on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube. We need more followers on YouTube so that we can stream on there all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, YouTube wants to be funny and restrict us sometimes. So just follow us on all our platforms. Go to our Instagram page. We have a link tree in the bio and that has all our links, all our shows, all of season one. Um, still on Spotify. We're still everywhere. So don't stop listening to us. We're back. Right. We are back. <laughs> we are officially season two. back. Season two. Officially kicked off. Absolutely. Oh, most likely pod came in. So Hey guys. Hey guys. So I, I also just wanted to throw out there uh if you guys have any questions, I'm not your therapist, but we can talk about the topics that you may have questions about if you want to email, message, whatever. Yeah, send it to skysquidspodcast at gmail.com. That's skysquids with a Z, not a S at the end. Um, or you can DM us on Instagram. You can send us a, a message on Facebook. You know, how all anonymous, right? right. All yeah. anonymous. We won't put you on blast if you want to talk about anything, or, or maybe next time we do a live, we can take some phone calls from you guys. So uh, definitely right. keep following us. We're we're here to help, and our show is not going anywhere. So stay tuned, and we'll see you guys next time. See you next time. Peace.